0: Life Audio.
1: Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in sports radio, Barnabas Piper pipe my voice is a little raspy this morning this is like mid-season coaching voice so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try to be a pro and uh hope the hope the coffee soothes my Our
0: very own doc rivers hosting the show
1: (laughs) exactly dude exactly yeah i I was trying to think of my all-time like raspy voice coach guys um doc rivers who
0: else we got who else is going on that rushmore uh, Tom Thibodeau, the, yeah. I feel like NBA Tips. coaches and basketball coaches in general, because they since it's every night, cause they yeah, well, cause, and, and they can actually yell onto the court, whereas like football right. coaches are talking into mics and stuff, so they often get done and don't sound quite as as raspy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think Rudy Tomjanovich, yeah, going, going old school a little bit, great voice guy, absolutely, absolutely. We got one yeah, more basketball to round coach the rush more, maybe a, maybe a football guy.
1: I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. Yeah, who was a real screamer? Oh, Herm Edwards. Herm. Yeah. Herm was all heart, man. Uh, he he wore his heart on his sleeve. And yeah, by mid that voice would be a, a, a bit
0: of a deal, dude. It would be a mess. Um, and, and never once did he back down. He's like, everything on this vehicle is sputtering, and I'm pedal to the metal regardless. <laughs> exactly. I believe.
1: No one else does, but I believe. Dude, I miss him. I miss Danny Green. I, I was reflecting on Danny Green recently and how he provided, like some really stellar press conference moments over the years. Like they are who we thought we were, who we thought they were. Like I use that in day-to-day life. And uh, I always, I always tip the cap to Denny green when I, when I use it. Um, Yeah. There, I miss, I miss the NFL having personalities. You know, I miss, (laughs) I miss one coach being different from another, which is a thing that we'll get into pipe right after this quick break.
0: Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: All right, we're back. We're going to talk some, is the NFL good in general this season? And we're going to play a little game called, are they good? So we're going to go team by team here in a minute, but... Kind of on a high level pipe, how much are you enjoying the n f l this year like
0: is it a good product? Where are you at on that? uh it, no, it's not a good product like we we've reached the point where it's kind of shocking when uh w- when there's a really good game yeah so it's yeah, it is utterly astounding to me that that like the league across the board is is mediocre like teams that were supposed to be good have good offensive products have been bad yeah um like patrick mahomes and josh allen are the only thing we can count on yeah. for like a good offensive product and even the bills have laid a couple eggs. yeah uh it, it's not like i don't i don't know if it's because defense has gotten ahead of offense or they took away the some of the preseason or what it is yeah but it's
1: a bad product in general the young quarterbacks are garbage Right, so that super exciting yeah. class of quarterbacks that was supposed to re-energize the league—they've been bad. Um, Justin Fields is terrible. Uh, he he
0: can't hit a wide open receiver in the flat. Um, he he looked like a professional quarterback against the Vikings, which might say more about the Vikings. Like he didn't look good, yeah. but he looked like he belongs on an NFL field. So that quor- was a thing that happened. Quarterbacking is down
1: all across the league. Which is kind of a fascinating thing, and when we play, are they actually good? We'll get into some of that, you know, with with the quarterback situations that five weeks ago I think people felt really good about. You know, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, there was there was kind of nothing to to feel good about, but at least you felt like we've got Fields, yeah, and we could put the rest around it. But now, you know, five weeks in, that looks bad. I'm still not sure if Zach Wilson is any good. Um, Trey Lance is, you know, down for the season, but
0: it didn't look good before he went down Uh, Tua was showing flashes. And then, you know, he's somewhere between out for a while and his career is over. Yeah.
1: You know, it it is in the balance in that way. And yeah, you're kind of looking at it going, gosh, how many of these teams, what percentage of these teams actually have good quarterback situations? And it's probably less than a third. Um, you know, you've got Geno Smith playing really good football this season, which no one saw
0: coming. Um, well, And the weirdest thing for me, I mean, it's it, I have I, I'm probably overly, you know, rubber stamped this, but mm-hmm. uh, my loathing for Kirk Cousins is well known yeah. as the Vikings quarterback. Yeah, things are so bad that I'm like, maybe we're actually in a decent spot. Yeah. Well, and he's like, he's playing- he, he actually. So, he actually looks
1: solid. Yeah, he looks solid by nature of how bad everyone else looks, I think. Because he hasn't been that great.
0: Right. No, but, he hasn't.
1: You know, not being that great is kind of his thing, <laughs> you know. And if if everything else is bad and if and if the pieces around him are decent, then that might be enough. So I want to talk about an aspect of the product being bad. And it's something I've noticed over the last few years. And it bothers me. And with the proliferation in gambling, I can't help but think about it. The officials are way too big a part of these games. Uh, They're way too prominent. The fact that we know their names, the fact that we know, oh, it's Jerome Boger, you know, or, you know, oh, it's Land Clark. Like, we we know these guys' (laughs) names. We know how they call games. We know what they call. Uh, The roughing the passer penalties this last weekend were just – unconscionably egregious, right? So these would be routine tackles in decades past. Like, they wouldn't even make a highlight film. Like, Grady Jarrett's sack on Tom Brady, which Brady described as, like, a long, unwanted hug, like, that wouldn't have even made uh, a highlight tape a decade and a half ago, and he's getting flagged for it. The Chris Jones strip sack, um of Derek Carr looked like you could see Jones thinking about it. Like he was trying not to go anywhere near Derek Carr's head and he succeeded and he still got a roughing the passer penalty. It's out of control pipe. It's egregious. The NFL is trying to thread this PR needle of taking a game that's unspeakably violent and trying to make it sanitized and palatable to a fan base that largely doesn't care. Like, I don't think uh, I don't think Joe Public on a Sunday afternoon on his couch is like especially concerned with how dangerous the game is. Nor do I think the players are especially concerned. Uh, It's out of control. The refs
0: are way too big a part of it. Your thoughts? Uh, Well, in terms of the refs being way too big of a part of it, a part of it, hundred percent. I think the yeah the people who watch football uh, either want violence or accept it. Sure. Like we, we grew up on like, I I don't even remember what the show, like there was basically like big hit highlight reels on ESPN and stuff where you'd see like guys, you'd think did his head come off or was that just his helmet? Like what, what just happened here? Dude, it's the VHS tapes crunch course, right? We used to, we used to get those in the mail crunch time. Um, all all of that. Yeah. And, And, and so that's accepted. it, the audience is basically like and i'm not saying we should like unfetter all the rules like i do mm. think that there's are like, late hits and yeah. spearing and i like the horse collar tackle the stuff that's sure. unnecessary sure but also the quarterback is a football player right like he put on pads too if you don't want the quarterback to get hit don't put him in pads right and be like don't touch him yeah or He's a football player. Drill him within the rules of the game. Right. The other thing that I, I am so sick of and the, the the TV broadcast is they have the rules experts. Yeah. Like, let's let's go to whatever su- suited, boring, monotone guy right. is in New Jersey watching these games on a bank of screens. Right. And have him interpret this rule. Once you get into rule interpretation, this isn't football. Right. This is jurisprudence. Yeah. Ma- and nobody gives a crap.
1: Making a star out of like Gene Sterator. So here's what's weird to me it seems to be a thing that the league is like leaning into, right? So even having the rules expert on the broadcast and saying, we're platforming Gene Sterator, we're making a star out of this moment where we cut to New Jersey and he gives his, you know, two minutes of commentary on a call, it's strange. Like it's a strange PR pivot to me. And again, maybe it's part of this whole kind of umbrella regime of of trying to sanitize a a super chaotic violent thing. But the the whole thing is a landing kind of weird to me. And if I was a gambler, which you know, which I'm not, but if I was one, I would be I, I would lose my mind at some of these calls, right? I would go insane if I had you know, um, a certain team to cover the spread. And then, you know, one of these egregious calls happens and and it tilts the outcome of the game for me. Um, I don't know how people deal with it. I would not deal well with it. Uh, so I think that makes for a bad product. Pipe, let's go. let's go team by team here. And we're not going to go through all of them, but I just want to... Thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I want to throw <laughs> some teams out and I want to ask you if you think they're actually good or not and and why or why not um let's do let's do the cowboys
0: are they actually good they are actually talented okay they the thing that will hold them back like they, they they are not going to make a deep playoff run because their coach is bad Mm-hmm. Uh, the NFL passed him. Although who knows? Maybe this is coming full circle. I was going to say the NFL passed him by, but now it seems like the NFL has passed the NFL by. So yeah, uh, he—they're just. I, I think their defense is really good. Yeah, very talented. I think their offense has some pieces, but also like I—I I don't think they're good. I think they're talented, and I think their defense can do some things. So is for this lack a, of a better term?
1: Is this a Ewing theory situation where you take? the ostensible star out of the lineup. And, you know, Kellen Moore has had to kind of coach around it, but I actually think it's made the offense better. Um, I think they're calling a better game offensively. They're staying out of the way. Um, The defense is winning games, but the offense is doing just enough. I actually think they're kind of a fun watch without Dak Prescott. Um, It's weird. And sometimes when, from a coaching standpoint, when you have a star... And all this happens on a subconscious level. You're kind of you're you're kind of going. Dak will make a play. Um, you want to put it in his hands, maybe more than you should. Um, maybe they should be calling Cooper Rush type games for Dak Prescott, which sounds you know heretical, but it sure looks good now. Um, I think they're actually good, and I'm kind of enjoying it. Even though I don't love the Cowboys thing, and I don't love the Jerry Jones thing, and I don't necessarily even love it when they're good. Um, See, here's
0: the here's the problem with the Cowboys. Well, two years ago, I would have said nobody named nobody named Cooper will be an NFL star. Yeah, and then Cooper Cup proved me wrong. So Cooper <laughs> Rush might have a future in this league. Yeah. Um, the other thing is their their diehard dedication to um to to Zeke Elliott is going to tank them. Yeah. That's fascinating. Like to- Tony Pollard is a better NFL player. That doesn't mean Tony Pollard can share that can, can have Zeke's workload, yeah. but he's a better playmaker right now. Yeah. CD lamb is the best player on that offense right now. Yeah, And Zeke is still touching the ball 20 times a game. And he's, he's, he's a functional NFL player who is not a star, but Jerry Jones loves him. That's going to be their Achilles heel because there's going to be just too many plays a game where they get 3 yards from him instead of 6 yards from Pollard or 12 yards from Lamb or actually hit a pass to Michael Gallup or whatever it is because they just they're just shackled to him and i think that's going to i think that's going to hurt them dude can we do 30 seconds on the name cooper like how did that <laughs> can get, we please how did it get, how did it become
1: popular like there was no sort of pop cultural icon named cooper after whom all of these parents were naming their kids Cooper in 2001 or whatever. Like, how, how did we get here with that? Like, to me, it's a, it
0: just sounds kind of goofy. Yeah, it, it was like one of the original, let's use the last name as a first name. Like, one of yeah. my one of my childhood friends, uh, middle school, was named Sean Cooper. Right. And, like, Sean Cooper, solid, solid name. Like, yeah. Sean Cooper sounds like he could play sports. Yeah. Cooper Sean doesn't. Yeah. You know, no, Cooper Smith, no. Cooper. Yeah. And, and all of us. So, yeah, there was like this maybe it was Anderson Cooper and people were like wait <laughs> you can just flip-flop this name whatever way you want it's all yeah. the last names yeah but yeah it feels like the the first of these sort of revelation that like names can go in any order so we can just throw last names first yeah. and off we go yeah it's an odd american naming trend that we're
1: seeing kind of proliferate amongst nfl white guy populations now and it's uh it's a strange deal for sure all right pipe the giants at 4 and 1 are they good I'm saying no on the Giants. Uh I just can't I can't get there. I've gotta think here's the thing. I doff the cap to Brian Dable and what he's doing with the offense. I've mm-hmm. actually watched a lot of a lot of their games because I'm curious. Um their offensive line is pretty competent. Like Evan Neal is getting better. Um their left tackle from a couple of drafts ago is really playing well um they're running the ball a ton with Saquon he's finally healthy that's great you know they're rolling out these huge like three tight end sets and playing with one receiver I kind of like it but I think defenses are going to catch up and if they make it a drop back game and put the ball in Daniel Jones hands in any kind of a significant way they're screwed um
0: your thoughts on the Giants quickly Pretty much total agreement with you. I I think Dayball has, he's doing a phenomenal job with what they have and what they have is not good enough. Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback and they have no wide receivers to speak of. And in, and in, in the NFL today, you can't win long term without those things, which means they're a year or two away of roster building away from probably being, you know, competing with the Eagles in that division. Yeah. Um, but that being said, Tebow doing a great job with the limited stuff they have, and I will say it is great to see Saquon Barkley being a star again because he's, he's really fun, to, fun watch. to watch. Yeah, he's a really, really fun watch. Um,
1: I still hate the Eagles, even though they're the Super Bowl champions ostensibly this year.
0: Everyone has crowned the Eagles. Um, I don't. I don't think they're the Super Bowl champions. I think they, their limitations. They, there are still limitations on their offense. If their offensive line stays healthy, that yeah. that will go a long way. But. Uh, I will say my running back who throws comment on Jalen Hurts from from a, our season preview may turn out to be wrong. Yeah, he he seems to have taken a big step. Yeah, he looks good um, in terms of being a competent thrower on top of being a really good runner. And you know what? To that point, like
1: you love to see a guy get better. Yes. Um, it's it's never a bad thing when a guy. Gets better, finds another aspect to his game. It's one of the it's one of the more delightful things about sports. Um, quickly on the commanders, how has Ron Rivera not been fired? Kind of in the last ten years, like I feel like all he's done is
0: be mediocre. And because their owner is hiding on a yacht so that he doesn't get brought to trial for whatever his <laughs> most recent wrongdoings are. That is true. You know th- that is it is a heinously dysfunctional franchise. Yeah. In a, you know, amusing from a distance, but also like, oh, this is so bad kind of way. Yeah, and the
1: narrative is always, oh, is such a great man, you know? He's such a good dude. And it's like, uh, if I was a part of that fan base, I would be not happy. All right, NFC West, I think these teams are all bad. Um, (laughs) I think the Niners have the greatest, like they're going to figure it out upside um i do trust what shanahan in general tries to do with his offenses and i do like the fact that you can like kind of move the parts in and out and it still works the rams are broken uh they
0: have cooper cup and nothing else is working so question question yeah. about the rams like yeah. so last year they they were they for, like just starting line to finish line one of the best teams in the NFL obviously finished as the mm-hmm. best team in the NFL. It didn't seem like they lost that much in the offseason because Odell Beckham last year was a midseason pickup who then, you yeah. know, blew out his knee in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They did lose Andrew Whitworth. That's a big deal. Robert Woods. Maybe maybe that's it, their problem. Yeah, Woods was the consummate number two for them. Beckham. But Woods was, Woods was out. Woods was out for most, I mean, Beckham stepped in and replaced him. So their number that's two true. went from like competent to maybe slightly better than that. Yeah, yeah. What is, is that, like, but they suck this year. Like they can't run the ball. They can't yeah. throw the ball. I mean, other than force feeding Cooper Cup, they can't. And, and Tyler right. Higby, who is their, you know, he is their number two. They're receiver. ostensible number their two. Yeah. What, they lost the other tight end, Everett, who made a
1: lot of plays for them last year. Yeah. Um. I just think the offense was more diversified last year by nature of a lot of the things that you mentioned and I really do think losing Whitworth Whitworth was the only like kind of plus column player on their offensive line everybody else was sort of um middling to bad and they've had injuries this year even amongst those guys they've got a bottom third offensive line and it's showing right um, so Stafford drops back. He only has eyes for Cooper cup. Cause he really doesn't have time to like read the rest of the field. Um, the running game just can't get out of the starting blocks, right? Like, yeah. um, you watch a Rams game and guys are getting lit up in the backfield. You know, there's, there's nowhere to run. Um, they abandon it too early. Um, you know, it's just kind of a mess. And I, I do think McVay is smart enough to figure something out, but it's, my my thought on the Rams is that it's going to look a lot different in week 10 than it looks right now. I don't know if it'll be better, but it's going to look different. And it's kind of an interesting coaching moment when you have to tear it all down and kind of rebuild it halfway through, which the Giants have done quickly. You know, I think Dayball pretty quickly realized, I can't run a real NFL offense with Daniel Jones as my quarterback, so we're just going to do what we can do. And it's working for now. They might look a lot different in week ten after defensive defenses have caught up. But um, Yeah, I think I think they'll look bad. Yeah, I think they'll look bad. I think the Rams could look good if they figure something else out. Um the Cardinals are bad. Um Kyler's terrible.
0: Like Kyler Murray is bad. And <laughs> well, he, he's he's looking bad. They're their offensive line's not great, right. and they don't have any decent wide receivers. Like, and I think Kyler will look so much better once DeAndre Hopkins gets back. I agree. In what two weeks yeah. from when we're recording this? Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah. But again, like I, I think, I think Kyler is going to be. He's one of those like fantasy star, not like not doesn't scare people on the field quarterbacks. Totally. I don't know that he'll ever figure it out at this point like he just I I don't know that he has it in him to just be a a steady quarterback
1: yeah I'm trying to think of a career comp for him and I can't do it like a guy with like crazy physical tools some physical limitations the worst body language of all time who had
0: like I mean a decent career I can't think of who that would be the closest I can, I mean, there, there's a lot more basketball comps than there are football. Yeah. Because quarter, quarterback is the position where like, you have to have both the physical ability and the mental fortitude. And if you are lacking one, you're mm-hmm. not, you're just not that good. Yeah. Like there's a lot of those, but like he's sort of Derek Coleman-y, you yeah. know, or that kind of guy. Yeah. M- Michael Beasley. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, you're well, right. Beasley didn't have a good career and he smoked too much weed, but. Um, Dude, but Derek
1: Coleman, cl- I think is the ceiling of what Kyler Murray could be. Like, occasionally you go to a cards game and you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's awesome. Like, Derek Coleman a few times a year would, you know. um, Go, like, 40 and 16 and six assists. And And you're like, oh, my gosh, I saw a good Derek Coleman game. This is great. But, like, the rest of the time he's uh, underwhelming at best. You know, and I, I think that's what they have in Kyler. Briefly on the Seahawks, I just think they're a fun watch. They're frisky um the geno smith thing is fascinating they're better than people thought they would be they're two and three i mean they're not going anywhere but that whole division
0: stinks so they could be going somewhere um yeah they i think they i think uh pete carroll has a sort of new new lease on coaching life because he's like oh i nobody's a star so yeah. we just get to like be energetic and run this thing and whatever instead of uh, instead of having to deal with crazy Russ Wilson. Yeah, they're
1: like a, and, a frisky college team. They're like Syracuse, you know. They're not supposed to be beating people, but they're
0: they're kind of hanging around. It's fun. Th- the thing is, they like they set themselves up to to rebuild the team because you know they made the, they made the Russ draft, which means they were supposed to be bad and get a good high pick, and then they got Denver's picks. Now maybe Denver's pick will be like top three overall at this point, but yeah. Um, but they're they're too good in a bad division, like they might win seven games, which means they're going to have like the eighth pick, which means they miss out on one of the top quarterbacks instead of having the third pick because they were that, which is as bad as everybody expected them to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, quickly on the NFC North. I don't think the
1: Vikings are good. I think the, I think that we underestimated how much the rest of the division would stink. Um, the lions can't stop anybody. They're terrible (laughs) defensively. Um, the Bears are terrible in all aspects of the game. Green Bay, I think that that we have... that, that we did not underestimate. We knew the Bears were going to be awful. Yeah, we knew the Bears were going to be awful. I thought the Lions were going to be frisky, but they're bad.
0: Um, well, I think the Lions right now last last week being an exception for like the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, they were number one in offense and yeah. last in defense.
1: Yeah, they're like a Big Twelve team. You know, they can put up points, and their offense is truly fun to watch. Uh, especially when deandre swift is healthy that offensive line is really good they can run the ball against almost anybody golf has been the best version of golf which has kind of been fun to see um you know they're they're a fun watch offensively but they're nearly unwatchable defensively um they're getting pushed all over the field they can't stop anybody
0: it's bad. yeah here's Here's what I will say about the Vikings. Like obviously I'm a, this this I'm a bit of a homer, yep. so you know, take this, take this how you will. Yep. But uh I think the Vikings the Vikings have, have surprised me by winning a bunch of close games, which is a thing they were terrible at last year. And then they still don't look like they have figured out um O'Connell's offense. Yeah. That's a good sign when you're four and one at the time of this recording and are still leaving all sorts of plays on the field yeah. because it's always the case when you when you institute a new offense, like it takes a while to figure it out. Like, I think post by week, second half of the season, you're going to seize them, hit some plays that they are missing right now, missing some throws, missing some, you know, the 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 cohesion of the offensive line so are they good no because their defense is mediocre at best probably lower third of the league Mm -hmm. but i think their offense will in the second half of the year be a top five to seven offense overall for that stretch yeah i think they'll figure i think they'll figure that out which means that they'll probably win the division at this point because the packers are genuinely bad they don't have any like they're just not scary to anybody right right uh, let's just say one thing briefly about
1: the NFC South. I have trouble caring about the NFC South at all. <laughs> um, it's 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 the one division that um, if an NFC South game is on, I just kind of have trouble with it. I, I don't really care. Um, I think the Brady thing is is sad. Like you never want to see anyone's marriage fall apart, especially over football. Like that team just has the stench of sadness on them this year. And uh it's a bummer. I'm looking at this list of teams in the NFC pipe. Kirk Cousins might be the best quarterback in the NFC, like Jalen Hurts notwithstanding. Um that makes for a bad product and it and it informs a lot of why the
0: NFL is not fun this year. Your thoughts. Uh I mean, I I don't think you're wrong right now. I do think yeah. Jalen Hurts has been the best quarterback in the NFC through yeah. this whatever first third of the season pretty yeah. pretty easily. I also think the second half of the season, we're going to see, I think, I think Tampa will, t- I mean, Brady showed it the last couple of weeks. Like he's still got it. Yeah, He's, you know, and if they're healthy, he's going to look good. Mm-hmm. I think the Rams will figure it out. Like they're going to rearrange their offense and figure out how to, you know, get Stafford completing 25 out of 38 passes for yeah. 270 yards and two touchdowns every game. Yeah. You know, so he's going to look better. But other than that there's not a lot of quarterback talent in the NFC. Like it's it, you know, maybe Dak comes back and looks good after injury, but then again he's he's always injured, so who knows. But yeah, it, it it's a it's a bad quarterback conference. Yeah. I'll
1: tell you what I am here for though. Um and this is just a narrative thing that I kind of enjoy. Quarterback controversies. Like who knew <laughs> that Cooper Rush would like push Dak Prescott and that there would be even the even the rumbling of that? Uh, we've got one in New England with uh with Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Zappi has looked kind of competent, kind of frisky. Like you you saw why he burned, you know, one double A college football to the ground. At I guess Western Kentucky is not one double A. They're they're the
0: real thing. Just uh, in a small conference, like whatever Big Sky conference yeah, or Big whatever Sky it is. or how, whatever. But, how long until how long until the Panthers offer like a fourth round pick for for Cooper Rush or you know? you know, a fifth-round pick for Bailey Zappy, and, like, collect another quarterback <laughs> to add to their stable of guys who don't deserve to start? It's a great question. And, like, the Baker Mayfield thing, I was
1: bullish on him, and maybe I'm just a sucker for, like, quarterback reclamation projects. I really <laughs> wanted to see that work out. I think I am a sucker for that, like, 100%. But um, I wanted to see it work out. I wanted to see him kind of rehab his career, and have a have a good second act um
0: but it's it's not looking hopeful in that regard well I think Baker Mayfield I mean we we all knew he well I think most people knew he wasn't that great but what we've seen is if he's in one of those like everything scripted timing systems you know the 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 Stefanski Shanahan whatever system like he can run that offense he had some he had also pre-shoulder injury he was a very different player than he is now yeah but I mean Matt Rule is just a bad, 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 bad coach. Yeah. Um, and and that that certainly isn't helping anything there. Who was the offensive coordinator for Matt Rule on, in his first season there when Teddy Bridgewater turned Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Chris, like it just turned him into a, like statistically a force on offense. Dude, I could be wrong here, but I want to say it was Joe Brady.
1: Am I am I in the ballpark with that one? That um, sounds right. Yeah,
0: uh, came from LSU. He came from LSU, right? and he yeah. kind of
1: engineered the the Joe Burrow
0: sort of magical season at LSU. And then and then they fired him after one year, where like Teddy Bridgewater, consummate like borderline starter backup, looked yeah good exactly. Put up numbers all over the place, and then they've been they've been progressively more and more terrible since then.
1: Yeah, no it's it's a it's a real head scratcher. Um, I'll admit I haven't watched a ton of Carolina. It's just hard to to do it. <laughs> what? Uh, Why? I know. I know. I crazy. Don't understand? Like even even me with no life, like I still have standards. But uh, Pipe, let's zip through the AFC we will go quicker on these. Um, were you out in the Jets? This will maybe be
0: the only AFC. East team we talk about although I'll
1: have to talk about New England
0: first I mean I will admit I've watched none of their games I mean I've, I've went and I've watched some clips here and there yeah. um they I think they've done a good job roster building around yeah. Zach Wilson and they will be as good as Zach Wilson is or is not and TBD yeah I mean I think
1: two-headed monster
0: running back it's
1: fun yeah Brees Hall, Michael Carter they're different. deep receiving core yeah deep receiving core Adequate at tight ends. Offensive line wise, they've had all these injuries, but they've kind of yeah. they've kind of done the Giants thing of just figuring it out. And yeah. I think they they realized they could run the ball with power. And they've been doing some of that. Um, you know, their off their play caller, if I'm not mistaken, comes from the Shanahan tree. You can see elements of that starting to work now and the play action game starting to pop now. They could be frisky. I'm kind of enjoying the Jets thing. They're they're yeah, not a bad I, team to
0: watch. I'm a little worried that they have their own version of Kyler Murray minus the running. Yeah. I think, kind of a great plays can't play in structure. I mean, I again, he's mm-hmm. so young and has and is so inexperienced that's an utterly unfair thing to say. Yeah. But I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I think if you're a Zach Wilson apologist,
1: you're you're withholding judgment for now um and you're talking about things like sample size and you're comparing him to guys who he'll never be but um i i feel a little more bullish on zach wilson than i do on kyler at this point um patriots all i want to say about the pats is that defense is good dude they've only given up 98 points if they can figure out even uh a semblance of an offense they return to being competitive in that division uh competitive enough to beat buffalo probably not but competitive uh afc west everybody's disappointing except the chiefs this was supposed to be the nfl sort of you know uh luxury car division this was going to yeah. be like the the supercar of the nfl everybody stinks except the chiefs i'm not a chargers guy i've never been a chargers guy i don't believe
0: in staley uh they shoot they shoot themselves in the foot too often i I think their biggest issue. Well, I mean, I, their defense has been worse than than anticipated because they yep. they brought made a bunch of big additions and whatever. Mm-hmm. They're always injury bitten. Like nobody yeah. is more snake bit than the Chargers, and their offensive coordinator is an idiot. Like, right. cut Justin Herbert. Like he should be Josh Allening out there, and instead Absolutely. he's and, and instead he's you know Jimmy Garoppoloing. Yeah, he's Jimmy. He's he's. Joe Flaccoing, right? Yeah. Um
1: And he, he has Flacco esque size in that he's giant and he has a huge arm, but he could also run.
0: Like, but he's he's yeah. mobile and he makes great reads and he throws the best deep ball statistically. At least he did as a rookie, yeah. which is wild in the game. And and they and I, I know they've had some injuries on at, at their wide receiver position, but still, like, let the man cook. Like, yeah. don't let Russ cook. Let Justin cook. I agree. Speaking of Russ, help help me with this psychologically
1: because you're a pastor. How come I'm enjoying seeing Russell Wilson suck so much? Um,
0: ostensibly because he's Russell a believer because Russell Wilson exudes one of the most unlikable vibes. In in the NFL, and I don't that don't. This isn't terribly pastoral, but like, mm-hmm. here's pastoral. Pride goes before a fall. Yeah, just you know, there you go, Russ.
1: Anytime anyone who's like super high on themselves and it's obvious, like whenever that guy struggles in my flesh, I can't help but kind of be delighted.
0: And um, that's that's where I'm at with Russell but Wilson. Here's the thing. It's not just that he's high on himself. Like, I think you and I both kind of like arrogance in sports, you yeah, know? From certain types
1: of guys, though,
0: you know? Right. But yeah. Russ is like faux humble. Yeah. I you know, he's the, he's the rise and grind guy, not the like, I'm going to beat the world to a pulp guy like that guy. I kind of dig. I dig that guy too. You know, if if you lose, you lose. But like, I I kind of like the guy who's just in your face. Whereas Russ is, you know, it's all about the team and all this. And you're like, no, it's not. You're, you do everything you do is utterly performative and you're absurd. I wish the Raiders were better. I was excited about the Raiders thing. Um, I could see, I could see them turning around. One thing about the yeah. Raiders that is really fun is that they figured out that Josh Jacobs is good. Yeah, if you include him in the passing game mm-hmm. and uh, and don't just run him, you know, behind the guards every single play. Yeah, no, I agree.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're going to figure it out. They're going to be a great like stretch run team. And look, I mean, if the Chargers and Broncos continue to underwhelm, like. The Raiders put some wins together. They're right back in it. Uh, I think the Ravens are good. Um, I enjoy the Ravens. I enjoy watching them do what they do and figuring stuff out. Harbaugh's another great figure-it-out coach. And um, their defense is a little less uh, menacing this year with Wink Martindale having having moved on. But...
0: Um, I still like the Ravens. I think they're good. Yeah, I think I think the Ravens will probably barring further injuries, I think they'll get better as the season goes along because because that's what they they just what kind of they, like you said they're a figure it out team and Lamar mm-hmm. can do anything. Like I know yeah. he's 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 not Jalen Hurts where he's right. primarily running. Running is one of his weapons, but he's a mm-hmm. he's a really good quarterback.
1: Yeah, AFC South. This is a weird one. Um as much as we enjoy hating on the titans on this program they are also a great figure it out team and they manage to do it and they never panic and somehow they end up being three and two after looking like abysmal to start the season yeah. tip of the cap to vrabes and the titans they do a good job you know um, I,
0: yeah i had a friend who i said they were gonna stink this here and he just shook his head and he goes nah man vrabel's got a floor Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's too good of a coach for them to stink. And I yeah. didn't agree with him. And, uh, I don't, I wish I remembered which friend it was, uh, if you're listening, you know who you are and you were right. And he's a, he is a better coach than I thought. And yeah, I don't understand how they're even remotely competitive, but here we are. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the Colts
1: are a disaster. Like you look at the Colts record. If you were just to glance at it, you go, ah, oh, that's a middling mediocre team. They're actually a disaster. Like, Watching
0: a Colts game is painful. Um, yeah, how? How is it so? Like, they don't have a bad offensive line, although they're playing terrible this year. They are. They have decent weapons. Jonathan Taylor's really good. Matt Ryan, uh, in, unless he's just washed, but I don't think he's washed. He's certainly not more washed than Phillips Phillip Rivers was two years ago. Yeah. And and yet they managed to get worse in every category, like, just across the board offensively.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a disaster. I mean... And, and I feel bad because I like the Colts like growing up in Indiana. I like the Colts. I want to see them do well. I wanted to see Matt Ryan do well. I wanted their like never ending game of like quarterback roulette to finally work out. And um, it just isn't. And that's that's a bummer. Um, there's a lot more quarterbacking talent in the AFC just as I scroll through these teams. Um you know, I think if you're the Jets, you're still hopeful. Obviously, the Bills are great. Um, Dolphins are a wait-and-see. The Pats are a wait-and-see vis-a-vis quarterback. Um, AFC West-wise, they all have, on paper, good quarterbacks besides the Broncos. I think Bronco fans are coming to grips with how bad that trade was. That's going to be a hard one to overcome for the next few years. Um the Browns ostensibly have their quarterback, though we won't see him for a long time. Um,
0: the Steelers. I have a question about the Browns. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I yeah, they they obviously have they have Watson waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Are how many seasons before we can talk about Watson as a quarterback? <laughs> sort of guilt free. Yeah, that's a great question. And and Are... I I don't mean this tongue in cheek. Like yeah. this is one of those ones that like I genuinely feel gross about. Yeah. Because all the accusations against him are so bad. Like, there there are other jerks in the league. And we talk about mm-hmm. them all the time just as football players. But this feels different to me. So, like, right. how long until it's sort of like this is just football? Yeah. Or is this sort of a, like, he's just going to be sort of a he who shall not be named henceforth and forever? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the national media handles that.
1: To me, he kind of falls into the category of someone who really intrudes on, like, your process of enjoying the game, right? So a big part of being a fan is being able to talk about your team's quarterback, either, uh, affirmatively or, or, otherwise.
0: Right. But yeah. Or yeah, you, you want to hate them for the right. Like I dislike Kirk cousins for football reasons or right. personality reasons, not wrongdoing reasons. There's no exactly. guilt there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So if you're a Browns fan, you're really in this catch 22 of like, you're not allowed to publicly be hopeful About Deshaun Watson and everything is public now, right? So like, you know, if you're a Browns fan, you have a Twitter or you have some other social media platform where the bulk of your conversation takes place and you're not allowed to be hopeful. Um, So that takes like a huge percentage of the fun out of it. And yeah, I mean, he's really uh, uh, a, a sad figure in that way. You know what I mean? And even stuff like jersey sales and all the stuff that typically comes with the mantle of franchise quarterback. Again, there's kind of no precedent for this. There's kind of no precedent for we have a guy with an egregious track record in the public eye and we're doubling down on him. And we're asking the fan base to get behind him and treat him like a like a number 1 franchise quarterback in in spite of all that he's done. I mean, the only the only sort of analog I can think of to this is Michael Vick after he did time for the dog fighting. But that honestly seems like apples and oranges.
0: And also he yeah, was on it, the back nine of his career and it it, it seems totally apples and oranges because yeah. I mean it a it was dogs, which is really yeah. different than people. Yeah. And he he paid the price. For his, and he paid the price as an example like they made an yeah. example out of him they did so there's a, there was a, so much going on there that you're like this there's, there's he almost faced injustice for his crimes in some mm-hmm. ways whereas like it feels like watson hasn't yet faced justice yeah and yeah there's i'm trying to think if there's any other i mean it would be like i don't know like hiring oj simpson as your pr man for your team or something you're like ah uh, this is gross yeah no, it does. It just feels gross
1: and I honestly I think about it every time I see Cleveland on TV and I feel I feel
0: bad for the fan base. Yes, I feel terrible. I have some yeah, I have friends who are Browns fans and I'm just right. like I don't Well, you and there's can't root for him and and but how long can you just sort of be mad and hate?
1: Yeah, and there's no obvious way forward, right? There's no obvious well, we just wait till, you know, such and such happens and then we'll be good. You know, it's going to it's gonna kind of hang around, and you you hate it for all parties involved. All right, pipe. I gotta go in like three minutes, but I want to hear what you're reading, sports book wise.
0: Um, I just finished reading uh, "Education of a Coach" by David Halberstam about oh, so uh, about Belichick's kind of rise. But yeah. it, I I am a total sucker for origin stories, yep. and that's what this was like it's you know it's dated I think it dates back to like after their first three titles out of the 77 that Belichick Mm -hmm. has won yeah um but the the story of his dad Mm -hmm. and the growing up as immigrants yeah um and so forth all of that stuff was phenomenal and of course Halberstam when he's throwing his fastball yeah has always been one of the best sports writers so I finished that one not too long ago loved it thought it was brilliant and even if you dislike Belichick, I I there was just whole segments of his career that I didn't know anything about. So the yeah like the nineteen seventies and then and then kind of his <sighs> his relationship with Bill Parcells, yeah. and then realizing he coached with Bill Parcells three different places, I didn't know that mm-hmm. either. So mm-hmm. it was yeah really 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 good. And then I'm very slowly making my way through one called The Baseball One Hundred by Joe okay. Posnanski. Yeah, um, nice. Posnanski when he's writing on baseball is he, he's might be my favorite baseball writer, just absolutely phenomenal. And it's just, it's his ranking of the hundred greatest baseball players. Mm -hmm. And then, and so, and then each player gets somewhere between like three and seven pages. Yeah. Um, And, and it's sort of anecdotes and legends and statistics. He kind of, he comes at each player really differently based on how he wants to tell their story. And it's it. So it's a really fun one and one that you can like read about a player and then fall asleep at night and just sort of poke your way through. Yeah. So it it even has the pacing of a baseball game where you're like, yeah, periodically something very exciting happens. But then there's just sort of this beautiful sort of rhythm and chill and and uh um, kind of ambiance to the thing. Dude, that's
1: such a good time. And Halberstam, I agree 100 percent. He has one of the best sports book fastballs of of anybody doing it. And he kind of catches that real literary writer mm-hmm. meets sports guy kind of lightning in a bottle. Um like Jeff Perlman's books are really fun. They're really well researched, but they're 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 not amazing. You know, the writing isn't memorable. Um his his kind of whole deal is he just interviews like you know, 4,000 people for every book. And, and the result is a good book. Like I'm reading his Laker dynasty book right now. And, uh, it's a really fun read. A lot of interesting stories. I feel like Jeff Perlman is a, you always learn a couple of new things guy, you know, like, Oh, I didn't know that. Or I didn't know there was, you know, Spencer Haywood had like that kind of a cocaine problem. And I didn't know that like 80% of the league was, you know, doing Coke in the late, the late seventies, early eighties. Like, so he brings clarity to a lot of things. Um, but it's not just like riveting writing. And y- you're always getting like uh, a whiff of his politics every couple pages. He can't help himself. He's kind of like a dog on a chain.
0: Um, but I'm, <laughs> he's, I'm in- he's kind of investigative journalist in terms of what he leans into, right?
1: Yeah, he is. But he leans into fun things. That's the thing. Like his instincts on what to write about. And maybe this is just for me, right? Like maybe essentially he's writing books that I think are interesting. He's almost never wrong. Like he wrote, um, he wrote one on Walter Payton, which of course that was cadnip for me. Uh, he did one on the USFL, same thing. Um, he did one on like the nineties Cowboys. That was a really fun read. Like he just picks these kind of iconic stories for which there's a little bit more meat left on the bone. You know what I mean? He's, he's a, a masterful like find the angle guy and yeah um, yeah he's he's really good at that he's really good at drawing out stories um yeah so i enjoy his books in spite of the like politics every couple pages because he can't help himself but um anyway good to have a uh another good sports book kind of on the nightstand to uh to to be engaged by pipe we've We've done what we always do in this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout some NFL stuff. I hope the league gets better. I hope the product gets better. Um, But this product, I don't know if it's good or bad, but we keep doing it, and I enjoy doing it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy listening, and until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Happy Rant Sports Podcast. Be sure to visit thehappyrant.com to check out our merchandise, learn more about upcoming live events, and listen to past episodes. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you His peace, and throughout Scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever
1: you access podcast content.